Hi, I'm Frances Liliana, and this is The Dallas Type, an interview series where we celebrate the different personalities you'll find in the Dallas creative community. And it's also an attempt to see if there's anything that we might identify as a unifying element between all the creatives I've asked to participate. So, in regards to creatives here in North Texas, is there a Dallas Type? Today's chat is brought to you by the letter Z. Hey, Francis. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Cool. Um, I'm going to jump right into this. Okay. So, first things first. What is your full name um, and your position in company? I am Zach Davis. Uh, I have two companies. My first one is I'm creative director at a startup called Asset Builder. And the second one is I'm principal at a uh, boutique interactive agency called Octopoda Interactive. What would you, or how would you describe your day job or what you do daily? Uh, my day job is the creative director for the startup Asset Builder. Um, it's really a wear whatever hat is possible. Um, some days I'm working in print, some days I'm working in uh, development, some days I'm working in UX design, some days I'm working in marketing, some days I'm building brands. It, it always just depends on what needs to be done and wearing whatever hat needs to, to get it done. Mm -hmm. So then if you if you had a superpower or alter ego, what would that be? Um, I would probably have to say Skyler from season one of Heroes. He was the, the villain that went around and, and sucked everybody's brains out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't suck any brains out, but I have an extraordinary ability to be able to learn, uh, especially under large learning curves. Um, and that was really what he did is he stole everybody else's superpowers by learning them. Um, so I would think that would be my alter ego. How long have you been in the field and what got you into it? I've been doing this for 13 years now. Um, and what got me into it uh, was I was actually a file boy for an architecture firm and um I he had a logo competition for he had a, a marketing director and he considered that all of his CAD designers were uh, graphic designers and could do any type of graphic design. So I stuffed this box full of logos because you get five hundred dollars if he picked your logo. That was his way of trying to get somebody to buy the uh, buy into the competition. So I stuffed the box full of logos and ended up winning. And then uh, he made me marketing director and then fired me within three weeks because I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> um, but from that day on, I was just completely and totally infatuated with graphic design. Um, and then the development side, since I do both, was uh, I was working with uh, Rap Collins and building the uh, XM um, website. And I really liked the idea of cover flow. And I kept going to the de developer saying, hey, I, I want to build this. And they would tell me it couldn't be done. And so I got really pissed one day and just went home, uh, got a bootleg copy of Flash and taught myself how to do it. Uh, and then went back to the developer and said, it can be done. I mean, it was after the project was already done and we didn't end up doing the cover flow piece, but I proved to them that it could be done. And from that day on, I got hooked on development too. What is your uh, favorite part of what you do? My favorite part? is probably the planning, the start of the project. When the project doesn't have any specifications, there's no strategy, there's no details associated with it. Somebody just has an idea. And uh, my favorite part is, is looking at the 
foot view and starting to organize that idea and starting to say this is where the product should go. Uh, these are the talent we need to complete the project. Uh, and here's the specifications that that talent needs to follow. I think those are my favorite part of starting a project. What is your least favorite part? <laughs> uh, probably testing in detail. I I can't stand having to do uh, testing, um, especially when you have to look at a piece like for an application and you're using you're doing user experience and you have to think of all the ways the user's going to come in and use it wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have this idea of how you want it to work right, but there's so many people out there that try so many different things and you end up writing idiot code or a thousand different error messages and just trying to make sure you get it all right. And then you put it out in the wild and somebody uses it wrong and you get an email about how your your app is broken because, you know, they were standing on their head doing it upside down on a Windows ME uh, IE5 <laughs> and it doesn't work. So. But I think that I, I think most people's least favorite part of the job is has something to do with IE or Windows. Yeah. Um, yeah. So speaking of of um, you know kind of the brighter side, who would you say is your your hero or your mentor? Um, hero, uh, I've always loved Saul Bass, um, somebody I've always looked up to, and and I got uh, the man with the golden arm. I saw his um, I saw that movie when I was in graphic design school and was just blown away, knowing what it would take to do that back in 1955. And then all of his other animated um, typography has always blown me away. And then being a typography nerd that I am, Doyle Young is another one. Uh, Doyle actually came to visit us in graphic design school, and uh, he did some hand drawings. And I was just, I was floored at how smooth he was, how beautiful they turned out to be, uh, everything he knew about type. Um, So those probably been my two two heroes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mentor right now, I'm probably without one. I've had some in the past, but at this point in time, I'm just I'm struggling to find somebody that uh, has the um, skill set that I do that would would be able to lead me into a different direction. So, mm-hmm. so I don't really have a mentor at this point in time. So your um, your mentors then are specific to kind of the tasks that you're trying to, or the tasks or the skills that you're. Um, that you're trying to kind of master at this moment or yes. Yeah. That's usually how I pick a mentor or work with somebody that find somebody who's a lot better than me. And I work to make them my competition. It's, a, it's an interesting way to, you know, kind of there's other designers that have mentioned somebody that continues to be a mentor that I, I think that they're probably by the time I've interviewed them have kind of surpassed, you know, that skill. And then they become kind of not necessarily competition they just become kind of a colleague so it's interesting to to get a different perspective on that so what do you do for inspiration i leave my desk and go and live um it's uh, for me i I like to kayak so it's probably a lot of kayaking um recently since i've had kids has been just playing with my kids uh showering seems to work all the time (laughs) you know if i can't fix a problem i'll go shower and i'll usually come up with a solution uh, but it's just it's getting away from my computer and going and doing something that is not about the problem I'm trying to fix. So and usually what, it will subconsciously come to me. <laughs> so then, I mean, even on your, I mean, when you're kayaking, do you actually 
think about work or think about a, a problem that you're working on while you're kayaking, or, or are you able to kind of be in the moment? Usually I'm able to be in the moment. Um, sometimes if it's an intense problem, yeah, it will, it will take me out of the moment. But I try and just concentrate on just, especially kayaking, just being out in the water and enjoying what's around me and paying attention to the trees and, uh, you know, the birds and whatever else is out there and just, you know, getting fresh air. Mm-hmm. It's 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 almost a meditation, right? Is is there um, you know anything else besides those? I mean, those are you know those are big, um, I, I mean those are big things to to do. Are, are there hobbies or obligations outside of you know your your kid and 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 then also kind of the inspiration you can get from kayaking is there anything else that you do um like what does your usual saturday look like my usual saturday uh is is, again it's playing with my kids i don't see much of my kids during the week just because i'm so busy Mm -hmm. uh so i try and devote saturday and sunday to them um so when you say you know what are you doing for inspiration well that kind of tends to be my saturdays and sundays um i do love to read um you know, okay, you know, you actually talk about a place. I get a lot of inspiration at, at like, the recycled bookstore in Denton. Um, I love going in there and picking up old books and looking at uh, typography used on the front of covers or, uh, you know, just different styles, uh, especially, like, old sci-fi, what they used to think sci-fi was going to look like. I mean, I just I love that stuff. So I can spend hours inside recycled bookstore. And that's sometimes I take my kids there and we just kind of run around that place. You know, you're talking about kind of um, like sci-fi um, and, you know, you were talking about titles before. Um, you know, what would you, if if you weren't doing development, um, you know, what would you, what would you do if, if you weren't doing the job that you're doing now? Um, I would probably, this is sad because it's kind of development. I'd probably be in robotics. Um, that always interests me. It's, it's actually kind of a side hobby. I don't mm-hmm. do a lot of it because I just don't have the time. But, you know, making something tactile or work in the real world, having that kind of user experience or seeing how somebody reacts to, you know, just a robot following you, uh, you know, is, is an amazing experience. And I think, you know, that if I wasn't doing web development and design, I would probably be over building robots. I mean, do you think that there's a, a particular part of your personality where, I mean, you, know, you kind of got into the design field, but then you went to development and then, you know, kind of you mentioned robotics. Do you think there's any particular part of your personality that, um, kind of led you to being a designer, developer, um, you know, potential robot maker? I mean, like, (laughs) what do you, I mean, is it making things or seeing design, you know, I usually describe design as art with a purpose, right? So it's not necessarily just creating something and then, like, hoping and and feeling that people are going to like it. You know, design specifically has, it is the task of answering a problem and trying to communicate that problem or trying to communicate a solution. Um, 
where then we take development and even like robotics and they and they take that one step further because it is putting you know design into action so like what uh, is there something that you think that is um kind of inherent quality or something inside that that would drive you towards that versus kind of like sticking with you know the traditional design yeah i you know i think I've always been into science, and even as a young kid, I was pretty good at math. Um, I think I had the right brain, left brain test, and they were almost 50%. It was like 49.50 or something, or no, well, that didn't count, 49.51. Uh, I thought I was good at math. Um, 100% awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, it, you could go back to that. Uh, and say that I've always just loved science. And actually, the first thing I ever went to in college was a pharmacy degree, which was, you know, science-based, and then marine biology for a while. Uh, you know, I was always told that graphic design was a trade school uh, trade and that you would never make any money, and why would you ever want to be an artist? And so it, it took me a while to, to realize that you could actually make a career out of graphic design. I didn't have anybody that was encouraging me to do that. Um, and that could be where the personality comes from of, you know, going after science and going after these these other careers first and then kind of stumbling on graphic design because I'm creative, so I love to create. And I think what really drives me is watching someone work with my creation. Mm-hmm. It's more than just, you know, creating pretty art. Um, it's it's driving a user experience. If, if I can, it's almost like psychology to me. If I can build something that can dictate a way a person feels or a way they react, I, that's just, I, that gets me going. So. So it's like design, but scientific. Yeah. And design is scientific. I mean, when you really right. get down to it, design well, is very scientific. Well, especially with development. I mean, especially if you're if you're working in you know more iterative processes where you know does this work? Okay, no. You know, you do the testing and things like that. It's definitely not something that's driven really. You know, your the design that you do isn't driven by your your thumbprint, even though it's it's driven by the person lot more than I guess from traditional design. Um interesting. Um especially because your superpower would be kind of sucking their brains out. So it, it all kind of ties mm-hmm. together. Um there's there's a picture. There's a picture formulating. Um what advice would you give to somebody who wants to do what you do? Oh uh don't <laughs> <laughs> Um, Get that pharmacy degree. <laughs> sleep when you're dead. Um, I don't know. If somebody wants to do what I want to do, I could. I I can give you, you know, basically insight into three different fields very easily. Um, and if somebody wants to do what I can want, what I do, yes, it's it's fun, it's exciting. You're working on something different every day. But uh, when I go into a meeting, I'm expected to be the expert at all three fields. Um, and, you know, that can be intimidating sometimes, uh, especially in the front-end development side where JavaScript changes every morning when I wake up. You know, there's something brand new that everybody's got to learn. Um, 
But yeah, you just, you, if you uh, advise, probably just, it takes a lot of time and effort to learn what you're going to do. But if you really love it, just keep sticking with it and follow the blogs and follow all sorts of different people and just keep working hard and build as much as you can. Mm-hmm. So keep, keep, keep doing it. Just kind of keep going. Yeah. Keep practicing um, all the crafts together. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think the biggest opportunity is for people that want to do what you do or or just for the field in general, whether that be development or design or if, if you want to be specific about one or the other? I think the biggest opportunity is actually for all creatives. Um, you know, I, I hear a lot of people that say development's not really creative because there's, there's obviously a solution to the end and it's not just this, you know, unending problem like design can be. Um, but development, like you said earlier, it's iterative. It's, it's a very creative process. And I think one thing that's, that's happening in the world is, um, AI and automation. Like we have driverless cars. So are truck drivers and taxi drivers going to exist in 10 years? I don't know. Um, but one thing that automation can never do is they, there's no equation for creativity. Uh, so I think all creatives, have a giant opportunity right now to really show their worth and their value uh, because as automation starts taking out more and more jobs, uh, we'll be the ones that are helping build those user experiences mm-hmm. uh, moving forward. I mean, you think of what happens. I mean, screens are going to go away soon. We're not going to have screens in 20 years. So who's going to be designing that? Is it going to be a robot? I don't think so. Um, so I think we have an opportunity all as creatives, uh, developers and designers to really push this world forward once automation really kicks in. Yeah, right on. Yeah, there's a, there's an interesting conversation that happened at the, at the last AIJ conference where, I mean, that was something that one of the speakers brought up that, you know, in, in the future, in the future world, I mean, really, you know, it it is one of those things that it, it isn't commodity. It, it it is not a commodity. You know, you've got people that are getting into technology. You know, Adobe has made design tools much more accessible. But even these design tools, if we're even looking at today, these design tools are are great and they're they're tools. But unless you've got the ability to conceptualize something that is actually worth creating, like that's the that place where we can, you know, take design and, and, and let ourselves stand apart rather than kind of being swept under. But that does have to do with kind of what you said earlier about continually learning that next skill or, you know, you know, taking that superpower mentioned earlier and like finding that next mentor, that next person that you can you can turn into a mentor slash colleague slash competition. So um it's kind of a, an interesting outlook. Um, what do you think the biggest difficulty is facing the field? Um, on that, I would have to go with, I think right now that there are a lot of businesses that are starting to be design-focused businesses. I think that's coming out of the, the startup boom and soon to be probably startup crash in San Francisco. 
Um, but I, I see a lot of designers that get into these positions and I follow them on Twitter or I talk to them through different channels and they don't understand business and they don't understand their own value. Um, and they're, they're failing at the jobs. And I think for us who go through art school and we don't, we aren't trained in business, it's, there's a learning curve there. And if we're brought into, um, to design some sort of, let's say, uh, structure in the business, I mean, I'm going blank here trying to think of something that a business designer may have to come in and do, um, it, if you don't understand the business side of it, you're going to fail at that position no matter how hard you try. Mm-hmm. Um, but what they're, what they're after is they're after the iterative thinking. They want the designer-based thinking. Um, and I think right now, that's one of the biggest problems. Uh, titles is another one, um, especially when trying to hire or build a team. Uh, every single person has a different title. Now, on the interactive side, you know, are you a UI designer, UX designer, UX UI designer? What exactly do those mean? Are you a product designer? Are you a um, front-end designer? Are you a back-end designer? Are you a data designer? It, there's so many different titles uh, and everybody's just trying to differentiate themselves from everyone else. And in the same time, it, it causes mass confusion uh, for hirers trying to build out teams of what they should uh, list their jobs as. Mm-hmm. So there's two things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, when you're, you know, you were talking about, you know, the business part of the conversation, I think that's one of the things that somebody who... I mean, who has from kind of early on in the career taken on more of a kind of a a business-ish role. Um, I mean, part of the, you know, part of the goal of of this podcast and this this series is is to kind of see what that, um, those ties that kind of, string designers along, I mean, not string designers along, but that tie that you can find that binds designers together. But at the same point, you know, it is, it is a a goal of the, of the podcast to gleam some insight into what AIGA DFW can, can bring to the table. So it's almost like that business conversation and some of the topics that you brought up um, would be kind of key in regards to um, making designers stronger and, and helping them kind of face what those those upcoming uh, difficulties might be. So, um, yeah. so okay. Creatives are often described as being risk takers. So, what is the biggest risk you've ever taken? Okay, uh, this one's actually real personal to me. The biggest risk I ever took was. Uh, going through IVF to get my kids. So uh, there was a roughly 30% chance that it would even happen, and we basically had to spend our life savings on it to get our kids. Um, so it was it was a huge gamble. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why my kids are probably so important to me. Right. So, um, well, what would... <laughs> what would somebody that works with you describe as your biggest strength? Uh, it'd be my superpower, my learning ability. Um, 
my team that I work with and my coworkers, they're always throwing new I, problems at me because they understand that I'll, I'll pick it up very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's probably my biggest strength and that'd be what people would say about me. Awesome. So, okay, we're going into the Dallas part of the conversation or Dallas area. Um, okay. Why, why Dallas? Why DFW? Um, why DFW? I was, I was raised here is the real answer there. Um, lived here since I was eight, uh, and just never left. So uh, I love it. It's huge. There's a lot of diverse people here. The, I mean, everybody's super friendly. I love that about Dallas. Um, so as I, as I get older, it's, it's a great place to raise a kid. It's fantastic schools. Uh, the, the ecosystem of business is changing dramatically in Dallas because of, you know, no income tax and low business tax or corporate tax. Uh, so there's a lot of businesses flooding in here. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's a lot of opportunities still left in Dallas. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite part? Oh, favorite part of the city? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know, maybe I'm misunderstanding this. The Perot Museum? Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that science? place. It's pretty cool. Some more science. <laughs> more science. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be the nerdiest letter. Uh, I, I like that. Um, <laughs> okay, here, my favorite part of the city is that there's two of them right next to each other. I think that's just super cool. And, you know, it's a 20-minute train ride from one to the other. Uh, to go from Dallas to Fort Worth is uh, is great. And you've got fantastic places like the the zoo and uh, Cooper's Barbecue in Fort Worth. And, uh, you know, again, drawing blanks. There's, <laughs> um, uh, there's the Science Museum down there, too. Uh, you know, just those are really great. And then if you need to get off and kind of go into the wilderness, you can. I mean, there's there's like Bridgeport where you can go off-roading or, um, you know, there's McKinney at the, the Herd Museum with all the great uh, hiking trails. So it, it kind of offers everything. Mm-hmm. Um, interpret this as you will. What does tomorrow look like? For Dallas? For for design or for Dallas or oh, okay. for you. It's, yes, it's wh- however you want to, your first answer. Uh, I am hoping no traffic um, <laughs> with all the construction they're doing on 35. Uh, um, you know, it's an interesting question. I think, I think it's going to become a startup hub mm-hmm. and tech. I think it already is. Becoming starting to be a startup hub with tech, um, and I think maybe in the next ten to twenty years we're going to see more and more of those companies grow, and this may be a place to come and start your empire. Um, especially since telecom is here, and we all have really great internet, and um, you know the cost of business is low. Mm-hmm. So I could see this place becoming a tech hub, and. Will that what will that do for designers? That will just open up beyond the amount of opportunities we even can dream of at this point in time to work on some really great stuff. Because mm-hmm. technology drives design. What is the last item on your bucket list? 
the last item. Um, probably to buy a house in the mountains with a creek on my land so I can fly fish anytime I want. Nice. Okay, so this last part is the quick fire. Okay. Um, favorite font? Saban. Favorite word? Ooh, uh, I got two. I got two that I use a lot. Ignoramus and juxtaposition. Favorite color? I don't really have one, but if I had to choose, what I tell my kid all the time is red. I thought you were going to do, like, some hex code or something. (laughs) (laughs) F2375. No, no hex code. Favorite quote? Um, probably Chuck Palahniuk, uh, because it keeps me grounded, but in Fight Club, um, you are not your khakis, you are not your job. Actually, it's you are not your fucking khakis. Uh, can I say that on here? I'm sure I can, right? It's a podcast associated with me. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, you're not how much money you have in the bank. Um, and then the last part, and there's more to it than the last part is you are the all singing, all dancing crap of the world. Um, I think that keeps me grounded and makes me realize that I'm not based upon what I do or what money is in my bank or what I own. Elvis or the Beatles? Both. Describe yourself in five words. Um, Relentless, uh, father, trainee, loving, loyal. Describe yourself in one word. Um, Entrepreneurial. Question awesome. mark? <laughs> <laughs> Question mark? Um, awesome. Well, that's it. I don't know if you. That's it. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if you took took a look at the the questions earlier. Um, I did yesterday, and, and just I didn't see anything that would I thought would throw me for a big loop. So. Did anything come out that you didn't expect, or, or I mean, I, I feel like you're you're pretty set in your in your thoughts. So. I don't think so. I don't think there was anything that I thought was. Like, whoa, where did that come from? (laughs) So I thought it was interesting of of the competition with mentors um, that you said that you you hear that a lot. I thought I was one of the only ones that did that. When I talked to other people, you know, they kind of took a mentor and they just go with it forever. Yeah, no. Like, I've never, I've actually not heard anyone talk about finding a mentor so that they can make them their competitor. Like that I I've, I've not heard that before. It's usually somebody that takes that finds a mentor and you know some people have one. You know, I have like a 100, you know. Yeah, you have a ton of mentors. <laughs> but that's because I I do it's almost like it's it's almost like you where I want to learn um, from many different people, but I'm also very capable of learning these things on my own. So I reach out to mentors specifically not for skills, but for advice on more intangible things. So whenever yeah. I do mentoring or whenever I find mentors now, I'm sure I had some before and I didn't really, I had like some heavy, heavy hitters for, for mentors, you know, with Marcus and Arthur. But when it comes to what I feel like I, I need help with now, it's it's leadership. And it's um, being a strong female designer that mentors other people. So it's like I can't, I, I don't think that those are ever things that I'm going to be like, I mastered mentoring. 
the reason why I am part of AIGA and I do these things is to be grounded and to not let myself get to that point where I think that I can't keep improving. You know what I mean? So my mentors yeah, exactly. come for those kind of intangibles and, and you're, you're talking about mentors that are almost more like teachers. Yeah. So it's, a, it's an and that, that's, that's true. And competition may be a tough word or a hard word. Because I don't, I don't think I compete with any of my previous mentors. But throw it down, no. though. I mean, it's it's, no. it's a strong word, and, and I mean, it's it's very, it fits with the science idea. You know what I mean? I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's really there's there's definitely I think a straight line to draw. Well, that's good. I'm excited to see what you come up with. The interview you just heard is bookended by the track "Blue Jay" from the album "Feathers" by Blue Dot Sessions which I borrowed from freemusicarchive.org and used under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial License. Thank you for listening to The Dallas Type. I'm Frances Zuliana.